Hello and welcome to a special episode of Trek Untold. I'm your host, Matthew Kaplowitz, and what makes this episode special is that this is a tribute to the late, great dame, Angela Lansbury, who just passed away earlier this week and was just a few days shy of turning 97 years old. Regular listeners of this podcast already know that I never miss a chance to talk about Angela Lansbury, typically in relation to Murder, She Wrote, which is one of my favorite things to watch. So if you're wondering what the heck a Star Trek show is doing talking about her, well, that's your reason. It was never necessarily the original intent of this podcast for that to become a thing, but if you were an up-and-coming actor in the 80s and 90s, you more than likely passed through those doors to be on her show. There's plenty of Star Trek alumni on that show, and not just the young performers, because Angela always helped out her friends and brought in some of those old-timers and legends to pop by for an appearance. It was a unique sort of show in that it had this mixing of old and new on the same set each week, and that's how industry stories and lessons really get passed down to the next generation. I think most people my age know Angela Lansbury from Murder, She Wrote, whether they watch it themselves or their parents watch it and they just happen to hear it or see it occasionally on TV, but that was essentially my gateway to Angela. And while that will be the focal point of most of this episode, her career was truly an astonishing one that goes far beyond just one detective show. Angela was a six-time Tony Award winner and six-time Golden Globe recipient, a three-time Oscar nominee, winner of the Laurence Olivier Award, and nominated 18 times for a Primetime Emmy, along with one Grammy Award nomination for singing that famous theme song from Beauty and the Beast, which, by the way, itself did win a Golden Globe, a Grammy, and an Oscar. Now, I'm not going to run through every single one of her credits, because there's so many great works that Angela was a part of, but for me, Beauty and the Beast was certainly one of those memorable ones for me as a kid, along with Bedknobs and Broomsticks. When I was old enough to explore other avenues of interest, I discovered her in Sweeney Todd and in Mame, and really at that point, down the rabbit hole I went, looking up more and more about her, going all the way back to her very first role ever on film in Gaslight, which is, by the way, where that term gaslighting actually comes from. If you really have some time to dig through all of her work, you will be absolutely impressed by everything that she's done. It's an astonishing resume to behold, and a performer as decorated as her certainly learned many things about art and life. Based on all the stories you're going to hear today about her, it's safe to say that she was a person highly regarded in Hollywood, and one whose experiences taught her how to be her best self, a gift that she would willingly pass on to so many others during her time on this earth. So consider this episode a tribute to Angela Lansbury by way of Star Trek, and as a special treat, this tribute is going to include a few clips of some upcoming guests that have not actually aired yet on this show. So if you're listening, this is a sneak peek of some of those episodes you'll be hearing down the line. And to be clear, this tribute episode that you're hearing is not every single guest we've had on who's talked about Angela. There were, in fact, many, many more, but to me, these are the ones that really stood out. So with that said, let's get started with a clip from one of our most recent guests, and that would be Mr. Thomas Capacci, who was in Star Trek a whopping seven times and picked up a lesson from Angela that he held with himself throughout his entire career during his appearance on Murder, She Wrote. And uh, there's one other show that you did that we talk about a lot on this show, and you'll be surprised, because uh, I love talking about Murder, She Wrote. And uh, you were in a two-parter from the final season, which was called Nan's Ghost, and that brought Jessica, you know, Angela Lansbury, her character Jessica, over to Ireland, uh, and this trip, of course, manages to get her wrapped up into a giant murder mystery and also sort of a ghost story. It's, you know, for Star Trek fans, I would say this one's kind of like Sub Rosa without the sex candle ghost. 
Yes. Uh, and, and I don't know if Tom's even know that reference, but yeah, that's a pretty good way to, to encapsulate that one. I'm but, trying uh, to remember. Uh, oh, I've lost the name of the lead actors. Uh, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Thank you. My gosh, my brain. Our first entrance, I'm carrying the suitcases. I'm the butler, the yep. ice cream. And uh, we're waiting to hear action. And she starts tap dancing outside the door. And I'm watching. And she said, isn't this fun? Isn't this just great fun? And I went, yeah, you bet. <laughs> and then they said action. And we opened the door and we went in and entered. Uh, and that's my fondest memory of Angela Lansbury. She's just, she really loved doing what she was doing, what she, what she is doing. And uh, uh, yeah, that, that was a great treat to work on that show. And I thought it was well-written too for the kind of drama it was. And uh, the actors were all superb. Again, I've been very fortunate to work with just terrific actors. I won't name any names of actors I didn't particularly like, but I, I think just about everything I've done, I've worked with superior talent. And I think one of the nice things about this particular episode we're talking about is that also was a two-parter. So we really got to spend time with the characters and really get to know them. And everybody has a lot going on. And oh, uh, in particular, wow. your character, Leonard, I mean, <laughs> Leonard is a, not really a spoiler, but nobody watches the first act even. We'll get this information. You know, Leonard, the, the main butler, he's a butler for this state, but he's also uh, a former convict. And he's also working for this other crooked cop to take photos of this couple. There's a lot going on here. It's a, it's a pretty neat role. On. I had so much fun with that. <laughs> and uh yeah who is the actor with the, the cop that i i, I he, we had a wonderful scene together and uh uh yeah it, it was a lot of stuff i was not uh was not prepared because the initial script i read there was much less that i did in the script but then they added things on and so i was very very thrilled to have all, all this other stuff to do uh it was a great show to work on Murder, She Wrote is an interesting little thing, too, because in some ways it's realistic, but it's also a little bit campy, I feel like, at times. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And I think that's what she meant when she was doing, because I thought about that. I thought, it's a serious show, but there, there's camp in there. And I think she was conveying that to us actors who were following behind her on our first entrance, that uh, don't be afraid to uh, have fun. <laughs> Up next is Molly Hagen, who we all know as the very first Vorta to ever appear on Deep Space Nine. But Molly cut her teeth on Murder, She Wrote like so many others that you're going to hear from today. And also received a reality check from Angela that left a deep impression on her to this day. So during this time you're coming up in the industry, I mean, you're probably working a lot of shows. Was, was there one in particular that stands out to you uh, in those early days? Well, every time I got to work with Angela Lansbury was really awesome. I worked with her when I was young. Um, and that was, I remember that. And I remember Columbo. I think working with Angela Lansbury and working with Peter Falk were, was huge. Yeah, we got to talk about Murder, She Wrote, in fact. We're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, and I'm glad to do that because Murder, She Wrote is always one of those hot topics we discuss on Trek Untold. I love hearing Angela Lansbury stories. And I know you did you did two episodes with her, right? I did two episodes, and then I did a... Um, I did a made-for-TV movie with her, and then I think she cast me in her episodes. It, it, then she cast me a couple times. But yeah, I played her daughter in this made-for-TV movie, and I just loved her. Yeah, I lo- I'd love to hear any stories you have about working with Angela, because everybody we've talked to always has something about her. She always had something special she should do with them, or something yeah. that you, know, you always remember about her. It was in the made-for-TV movie, and um, 
my brother dies and her son dies. And so there's this scene where we come together and we're weeping and we are hugging. And we, I think we just recently found out the news or something and we're grieving. Well, she was, she was there every take, whether she was on camera or not, she was completely there for me, completely full emotion and everything. And I was okay in the um, master and I was okay in the medium shot. By the time it got to the close up, I was dry. And it, and the director who I really liked um, uh, said, I told you to save it. And I went, and I knew it wasn't because I was dry. It was, I was nervous. So, I mean, I could, you know, it, I was just, it, the camera kept moving in and I knew that this was the most important thing. And so I got really, really nervous and she was there for me the whole time. And so during lunch, I went to her trailer and I knocked on her, on her door and I said, um, Ms. Lansbury, can I talk to you? She says, oh, go darling, come on in. So uh, I said, how are you able to do that again and again and again? And she said to me what I thought was the kindest thing I've ever heard an actor say to another actor. She said, oh, when you get older, you have so much more to cry about. So she took me off the hook at being like bad, you know, it's like, it has nothing to do with your ability. So this is what I got out of it. It has nothing to do with your ability. Things change when you get older, you've lived in life. There's a lot more that happened. I mean, it was just the most profound and generous response. I, it still makes me, I love the, I, I love her. Yeah. That's an amazing piece of advice right there. Just wow. <laughs> yeah. Let's rewind now to the very first episode of this podcast, to the very first episode of Trek Untold, and that was with the spectacular Caitlin Hopkins, who had to be the very first guinea pig for me while trying to figure out how this crazy show was going to work. Caitlin's mother was also a very renowned actress named Shirley Knight, and mother and daughter both appeared on Murder, She Wrote in separate episodes. What we have here is a fun generational story that is really worth listening to, so let's sleep all the way back into the past for this very unique soundbite. Let's fast forward a bit now. You make your TV debut on One Life to Live. Uh, you had a regular role in Another World. Uh, at that point, I believe then you moved to L.A., where you started to pick up more work on shows like Beverly Hills 90210, Gabriel's Fire, and, and My Life and Times. But uh, the show that I want to talk to you about in specific would be uh, one that your mother also appeared on, and that's Murder, She Wrote with Angela Lansbury. Uh <laughs> Yes. And uh, that was episode uh, from season 11, which was titled An Egg to Die For, which I believe you play a friend of uh, Angela's character, Jessica, where you own, I, I think it's a bookstore. There's a Fabergé egg involved. It's all kind of craziness. But uh, basically, you were you were side by side with Angela for that entire episode. So I just would love to hear what it was like being on set and working with Angela Lansbury. Oh, my gosh. Well, she's an icon. She's an absolute icon. And I was in awe of her and I was terribly nervous. Um, and she's such a generous woman, Matthew. She's so generous, so loving, so supportive, um, you know, so willing to take a young actor under her wing. And she offered advice and she was just um, charming and made me comfortable and made me feel safe. And, you know, we just had a blast. We just had so, so, so much fun. Um, doing that episode. And, you know, it's funny when you're talking about like icons like that, 
I had the same experience when I worked with Dick Van Dyke on his TV show, you know, just like Angela, like these are two people who had been doing this for decades, you know, and just the amount of joy and passion and commitment that they have to the work um, was so inspiring to me. You know, she is, has such elegance uh, and class. I mean, that's what I remember about her most is just that as one classy lady. Now, as I mentioned, your mother also worked with her on an episode. So was your mom like, oh, say hi to her for me or, or anything like that? Was she giving you any advice on how to handle <laughs> Angela? <laughs> um, no, I don't. I mean, I don't remember that. But, you know, it was sort of hard for me to ever go to a film or TV set or start a show where somebody didn't say, you know, hey, say hi to Shirley <laughs> you know, or hey, how's your mom? How's your dad? You know, because. You know, you just kind of know everybody when you, it's, it's sort of a, a small business in a funny way. Um, even if you don't know people personally, you know, you sort of know them indirectly through other people. So, uh, you know, Angela, I remember Angela saying, how's your mom and give her my love and, you know, that sort of thing. Since we're hanging out now in the mid 2020s, why don't we now jump into a few episodes later? When I had Iona Morris on the show, who was the daughter of Greg Morris and the sister of Phil Morris, who, by the way, we also had on this podcast. Back when Iona did Murder, she wrote, she was a very green actress, but had an experience on set with Angela that she kept with her forever. Let's have a listen. So I'm going to fast forward a little bit to uh, an appearance you had on a show about 10 years later, but Around the same time you were actually doing that Twilight Zone reboot, your father was on this particular show we're going to discuss, and that's Murder, She Wrote. Uh, and you got to play yeah. you got to play the role of Lieutenant Estelle Carr. Uh, your character is pretty important in this particular episode. Uh, so can you tell us what you remember about working on set with Angela Lansbury and being on Murder, She Wrote? Murder, She Wrote was wonderful. It was a really terrific experience. Um, I was a young actor. I came in prepared. I did my work. It was terrific. Until the day with Angela Lansbury, I made a fatal mistake as young actors do. This is what I did. The first day I worked, she wasn't there. We were on location. It was wonderful. Wind was blowing. My Clara hair was just blowing perfectly. Um, it, it was a beautiful California day. The crew was terrific. Really enjoyed it. And then on my second day, I worked with Angela. Well, I didn't. That was a scene. We did, I didn't have a lot of lines with her that day. I was on for, I think, maybe three days or five days. I don't remember now. And um, so I lightly learned my lines, but I was, as old folks call, I was smelling myself. I was feeling very cocky. I was feeling really good because I was the hit the day before. Everyone loved me. I knew my lines. I was right where I was supposed to be. I looked good on camera. I had good stuff going on. So I kind of, I learned my lines, but I didn't sit and study them like I had for the day before. Well, when the power of someone like an Angela Lansbury comes in front of you with her work and you're a young kid who is still, I have somewhat of a foundation, but I was still really finding my foundation of work. Um, I want to explain that. As, a, as an actor, as um, someone right now, you're doing your podcast, as a radio personality, as a, um, a ditch digger, as anything you do that is um, a career, a craft, 
that's more than a job. There is a, a foundation you have that you tend to always do so that your work is of quality. And I didn't do all of my foundation. So on the day with her, I kept forgetting my lines and I was mortified. I couldn't believe it. And she was so gracious because she understood. She saw that I was good. She knew I was earnest. And she knew that not only was I nervous, that that I was nervous because here I was with such a powerful performer. So Angela Lansbury was wonderful. We got the scene. And the next day I showed up, I was Johnny on the spot. I made up for what I had done the day before. And I, I had on that experience, I was so mortified and upset with myself. But I learned. And the reason why I give you that example is because all of us fall on our ass at some point. It's not how you fall, it's how you get up. That's a very great lesson you got to learn with the help of Angela Lansbury. How many people can say that? I know, I know. And she was gracious all the way through. Now, this next guest might surprise you. We are revisiting our conversation with stunt coordinator Dennis Madalone. Yeah, that's right. We're talking about stunts right now. And Dennis, who was super charming and such a positive guy, he had nothing but great things to say about her and his time on that show. And really, his experience with Mrs. Lansbury was a very, very memorable one for him. So one of the shows we like to talk about here that isn't Star Trek on Trek Untold. It's going to be a weird one, Dennis. You might be surprised, but we really like to talk about Murder, She Wrote. And yep. I know that you were in uh, you were doing stunts in the 2003 movie. I think it was called The Celtic Riddle. Uh, yep. So I'm just curious, you know, do you have any Angela Lansbury stories for us today? Oh, my gosh. You know, I got to coordinate one of those episodes and it was it was that one. Um, I performed on some of them. But I actually got to coordinate that particular episode, and it was the last movie of the week she did for Murder, She Wrote. And what an amazing soul. I'm so glad you're talking about her. She was so amazing. She reminded me of all our amazing grandmas, really. And her energy was great. She was probably 80-something. And she was so sweet and nice to me and my wife, Linda, that came on the set. She was signing autographs for people. She sent me like 12 autographs in the mail also to give to family members. So in a way, I was in awe of her amazing soul and her her iconic career she's had. And a lot of actors I, I'm not in awe of, but I was, you know, I don't normally ask actors for autographs, but I did with her. But she was so, I don't know, family. She was so sweet to everyone on the set, you know, transportation, craft service. She was just an amazing soul. That's probably why she worked for 70 years because who everyone wants to be around her. She's such a sweet lady. It was such a privilege to actually do one of those with her. And uh, I wish they would have did more because it would have been fun to be around her even more. Day Young appeared on The Next Generation, on DS9, and on Enterprise. But her work on Murder, She Wrote was a place for another one of those very valuable words of wisdom from Angela. One last thing, actually, before we talk about Star Trek, in fact, and uh, this might shock you to know, but here on Trek Untold, we love Angela Lansbury and we love Angela uh-huh. Lansbury stories. And I know you did uh-huh. an episode of Murder, She Wrote was uh, I have it right here. It was uh, something foul in Flappyville. <laughs> so, yeah, if you got any Angela stories, please, I'd love to hear those. Well, the really interesting thing is, is my daughter is 
best friends, one of the best friends, I mean, they're, I mean, you know, my daughter's 30, uh, four now, but she, um, was best friends and continues, uh, a, a relationship with, uh, Angela's granddaughter, uh, Catherine Shaw. So, um, it's, uh, you know, I, so it was kind of part of the family. I mean, Angela didn't know me as an actress, but I had, I would, go to birthday parties and see her there and all of that. So um, she was just a wonderful woman and a kind woman uh, again. And my daughter, Shane, would often, uh, you know, love going there, having, you know, all those kind of stories and coming back and uh, playing with Catherine. And so she, my daughter probably could tell you more about Angela Lansbury. I mean, I she's very professional. Oh, my gosh. Very professional ruled the set it it was um it was it was um it was a real treat to be invited on her set and to work with her and she's an inspiration um she is a woman that an actress who I inspire to you know I mean she keeps working she keeps she she just keeps it going and and uh it's a philosophy I feel you know it's never over who knows when your break's gonna come and all of that so I just keep my nose to the ground and keep doing it and keep doing what I love to do and she loves to do it and she loves to tell stories so and uh so I I it was a great experience. Ken Oland was the not quite son of Jean-Luc Picard in the TNG episode Bloodlines, but he also appeared in Murder, She Wrote, an episode which, by the way, also had a very interesting Trek connection in it. Ken remembered that time very fondly and looked back on the magic of Murder, She Wrote as a whole as well, a show that really was amazing on so many different levels. And all of those roads led right back to Angela Lansbury. Now, now you have a lot of Indirect and direct Star Trek connection to start your career. You already mentioned Shatner. We'll get to him again a little bit later. But uh, there's one really fun one that I want to talk to you about because it's actually a series. Uh, you're going to be surprised to hear this. We chat about a lot on Trek Untold, and that is Murder, She Wrote. Uh, anytime I get somebody who does Star Trek, chances are they did Murder, She Wrote. So I got to ask you about that. And your episode, too, had uh, you got Dean Butler, Chad Everett, Brenda Vaccaro, who you got to smooch. Uh, but the Trek connection here is Jeannie Francis. And Jeannie right. is, for folks who don't know, uh, the wife of Jonathan Frakes. And she's also, you know, looking at her career, too. She's a legend. I mean, she is Laura from Laura and Luke. Amazing, isn't it? How we are all so connected. Was Jeannie on my episode? She was, yeah. She, uh, you, I, you hit on her for most of it. <laughs> for most of your scenes with her, you basically hit on her. Okay, that's her. right. That's right. Uh, wow, he had a few man. scenes with Angela also. So, yeah, I'd love to hear some stories about, about Jeannie. Yeah, Brenda Vaccaro. I just, I remember, yeah, I remember Brenda Vaccaro very well. And Angela... Um, Angela was man. She just commanded so much respect on that show, and I think Vince McAvee was the director, and he also had me on. Um, I think um, Simon and Simons and things like that. But that show was, I think, the fourth episode of television or third. Well, I hadn't gotten very many shows that in that time. I don't even remember now. I, I swear it sounds pompous, but I just looking back over how many years, thirty something years, I. Can barely remember a lot of who came for. I've looked at the IMDb, but um, uh, that that had a lot of, of not only you know the cool people that would later like see on track and things like that, but but these were all quality actors back in the day. They they were not just something that kind of finds its way like a not that Baywatch isn't a quality, but you know what I'm saying. They weren't hired kind of for quality. that kind of look. 
Well, they were hired for acting because they were stage actors, a lot of them. They were trained in stage actors and, and done dramas and things like that. They weren't hired for a look, for a sexy look. They were hired for their scales and talent. That's different. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, did you get to spend any time uh, hanging out with Angela or, or getting to do much with her? I, I, if you remember it all, you no, I can tell you exactly. No, I remember we shot this house across in Pasadena. And I just remember what we did talk about. She had one conversation we had was right, we could see across the ravine was the house where Batman, they shot the TV series. Batman would come out of the tunnel. Oh, wow. And that was the, that was the point where that Batman, that bat car would roll out. And, uh, you know, she knew a lot of stuff. She, again, I just, I was a little, you know, you'd be respectful around someone like Angela. He does not, you talk when, you know, you're, when you're when you're talking, you talk when you're spoken to. You don't just do you know, just be very very you know uh, polite on set, appropriate. Uh, when you're around people like Angela and others of that ilk, that's that level of uh, body of work. You know, yeah, it's important for if you want to stick around. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I spend more time in these episodes talking about Marisha Road than I do Star Trek. Uh, it's just a thing I'm into. I don't know why, but yeah, it's just my thing. One day I'm gonna get her on the show somehow. Oh yeah, she, well, you know you should. She she could tell you a million because everybody has gone through that show. Yeah, so many much. people because she was on for so long, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't think anybody got anything that they would ever say. I would they always say a murder she wrote was one of those shows that was a mark in their career as you know up there. That's one you did. You know, I look now, I still get residuals from it, which is pretty nice. impressive. Well, you're, yeah. you're going to get some from me. I just rewatched that episode, so you're welcome. Trekkies will remember Spencer Garrett as Ensign Simon Tarsis from the great TNG episode, The Drumhead. He made a second appearance many years later on Star Trek Voyager. And ultimately, if you take a look at this guy's career, he is a true Hollywood workhorse. So it goes without saying that, of course, Spencer crossed paths with Angela Lansbury on Murder, She Wrote. And as we learned from that episode of this podcast, his story with Angela goes way back to his childhood. Before we get into Voyager, because that's the next thing I do want to discuss, there is one other show I want to talk to you about, because on this Trek Untold series, I seem to be building up this oral history, this series, that's Murder, She Wrote. Yeah. And uh, I know they did two oh, episodes well. of Murder, She Wrote, So, and everybody's got an Angela Lansbury story. So do you have an Angela Lansbury story for us? Well, I knew Angela growing up as a kid. My mom knew her. She was a family friend. And I also grew up spending summers in Ireland. Uh, we had family friends that uh, that lived in Ireland. That, that, uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, photographer uh, that folks listening in should look up uh, named Bob Willoughby. He was one of the very first what they called a special photographer on, on film sets. He took the behind-the-scenes photos on some really, really iconic films. Bob and his family packed up Santa Monica and moved to Ireland. And so for 20 summers... Uh, one month every summer for 20 years, uh, I, I spent in Ireland. So we spent a lot of time with the Lansbury family. So I knew Angela as a kid, and she's just the warmest, loveliest, most extraordinary woman, you know, I, I had really ever met uh, and, and continues to be to this day. I think she's 91, and she's still working uh, and, and working and really great at it, too. I mean, she's just she's just indefatigable and amazing. So when I got cast on that show, that was one of the one of the shows that uh, you didn't audition for, you were just offered. Uh, and again, as a young actor, when I got the call from my agent at the time, he said, you got offered a murder, she wrote. That was a little bit of a badge of honor. Um, it kind of meant you'd sort of arrived. Uh, you know, you didn't have to audition. You didn't have to jump through any hoops. She had seen my uh, audition 
Phil, the casting director had and recommended me to Angela and brought me onto the show. And, um, you know, I mean, she was already iconic at that point, but she was just lovely. And she did something else that nobody else in this business did then at the time either, which is she paid, paid her guest actors, uh, better, better than any other show in the business at that time. She made a point of paying her actors just a little bit more than everybody else. Um, she just adores actors and, uh, you know, and that, that, that shows in, in, in the joy and the work that she has as well. So that was a treat. I think the first one of those I did was, I know I did two, and I think the first one was the one with Juliana Margulies, um, who, who, uh, ends up becoming my girlfriend, I think on the series, that was only her second job. Uh, she had done, I think she'd done a homicide life on the street and a law and order. So this was her third job. She'd come to LA to do a murder. She wrote. And, uh, and we became fast friends. And I remember, I remember she said, I got cast in the show called ER to play a nurse, but the character dies at the end of the pilot. And I don't really like it. And I don't, and I said, ah, you shouldn't do it. You know, medical shows are a dime. Medical shows are a dime a dozen. You'll find something else. And I'm just really glad she didn't take my terrible advice. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I did too. I think that was the one with Juliana. And then I did another one that took place in Australia, I think. Um, and I just remember both times, they were probably a few years apart, uh, but both times were just a total joy, you know, shot on the universal back lot. Uh, where I kind of grew up as a kid. I mean, my mom shot a show called Broadside uh, in the early 60s, which was actually a spinoff of the old show, McHale's Navy, and it shot on the Universal back lot. So I had like, my nursery was in her dressing room on the Universal back lot. So that was kind of my playground as a little kid. So it was fun to be back there. It's always fun to go back to Universal Studios. And um, there was a, there was a, a uh, the guard gate, at the, at the gate, the main gate of Universal Studios. His name was Scotty. And uh, he was there probably for 50 years. He was the guy that greeted you as you drove onto the, onto, the, onto the lot. And I remember the first time I pulled onto the lot and Scotty said, good morning, Mr. Garrett. And I, that's when I thought I made it. You know, when, 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 this, when this cat knows your name, then you know you've kind of, uh, you know, you've, you've, you've paid some dues and because uh, Scott, Scotty knew everybody from the biggest movie stars to the guest stars to everybody. And so when he when he uttered my name, I just thought, OK, I guess I'm I'm in this for the long haul now. We all know and love Nana Visitor as Major Kira Norris on Deep Space Nine. But did you know that she worked with Angela Lansbury? And by the way, it wasn't on Murder, She Wrote. Nope. In fact, Nana toured with her on Gypsy, performing on stage with her night in and night out for quite some time which made her a truly unique, one-of-a-kind road trip. So here's what Nana learned from that Broadway queen. See, I got a few things to ask you, Nana, before we get into all the deep dive into Star Trek here. And uh, this might surprise you to know, but on this show, we talk a lot about Murder, She Wrote. It's a thing I really am into, and I love talking to all the guests I have on the show, because so many of them, you know, if they were in 90s Trek, they were probably in Murder, She Wrote. And... When I did my research on, on you, I watched the episode, and you're in an episode, but you didn't get to actually act with Angela, so I was a little disappointed. But then I did my research, and uh, you were in a touring production of Gypsy with Angela Lansbury. Oh my god, you were touring with the Queen herself. So please, tell I, me what it was like to work with Angela. 
Well, I was 18 years old and pretty new, obviously, to the business. And she taught me. She taught me not only by watching her on stage, but literally said, this is how you do this. Uh, Generous, uh, beyond belief to teach a young actor. And it certainly made me feel like, oh, I can't wait for my time. I can't wait to, you know, pay that back to to other women. She was she was amazing. Absolutely amazing. She is amazing, but she was amazing to work with. And that's pretty much the thing I hear all the time whenever we talk about her. And it's always impressive. Each time I talk to someone and get a new story about her, it's always more impressive. It's like, you know, the, the kindness that she showed, the generosity that she showed. It didn't matter if you were a legend or if you were a new person. She basically treated you the exact same way. That's that's kind of amazing, isn't it? It it is amazing. It's so generous and so huge. And I got the pleasure to see her in Sweeney Todd, where she was just astounding. She ripped up the stage. She was so good in that. I'd say she was great in Gypsy. She was better in Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd is her role. I mean, you, you can't ever top her. I that's how I feel about it. So I'd love to know. I mean, you know, this is a pretty young age that you're working with her. So in terms of like, maybe let's say life lessons or even, you know, acting lessons, but I'm curious to know, what's something that she taught you that you still remember to this day and that you, you use and feel to this day? The discipline, the discipline of uh, counting your steps because you have a performance that night, the discipline of all the, uh, all the focus on what you do during those one and a half to two hours and how you um, are like an athlete. And she treated herself like an athlete. And I certainly l- learned that from her. And now we're going to have a sneak peek of two guests we're going to be coming up on this podcast. And that first one here is Albie Selznick. Albie is a three-time on-screen Star Trek veteran and a one-time off-screen, which if you want to hear about that, you're going to have to wait for that episode to come out. But as for this episode of this podcast, Albie is a two-time veteran of Murder, She Wrote, and had a wonderful story to share about working with her as a young actor. So let's jump into something else now, though, that I'm a big fan of, and we talk about a lot on this show, and that is Murder, She Wrote. It's so crazy that you've got something called Trek Untold, and you're also a Murder, She Wrote fan. I mean... And I'm talking about Freddy's Nightmares. I mean, I do all the things, but... uh, Yeah, you do all the things. Well, I'll tell you, Murder, She Wrote was, by the way, the first job... One of the only and Star Trek was actually this the second time. Well, no, third time I got picked without auditioning. Oh, um, yeah. They actually had seen my reel, which was not very big at the time. I hadn't done very much, but the casting director sent my reel to Angela Lansbury. I think even at that point, she was even like deciding on things. And they picked me to play the, the son of um, Josephine, the plumber. Uh, with Jane, um, I can't remember White. her name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> she's done a lot of stuff, also. Yeah, and and so I was I was sure they had made a mistake when they called me and said I got it because I was just like, what? I never auditioned for that. That's so so I thought I was going to show up and they would say like, who are you? No, no, it's a different Albie. You know, we made a mistake, but it it, it was actually funny because I'm playing a nerd. And I have a, you know, and I remember doing my first scene. I had a little bow tie and everything. And um, Jane Wyman? No. Um, Anyways, and and the director, her son was directing. And he said, you don't have to do anything. You you know, I was like trying to be a nerd. He's like, you got the bow tie. 
you look like a nerd. <laughs> so I just did it like myself and it came out really good. And funny thing is a friend of mine, George Tovar played the magician in that episode. And so we, we both, this is ship of fools. And so we both um, were in the episode together and we got to stay on the queen Mary where we filmed uh-huh. it. And the thing about Angela Lansbury is she was, she's the most giving actress I think I've ever worked with. I remember doing a scene with her at three in the morning. She had done all of her close-ups, you know, and then they moved the camera around and did mine. And she could have easily done what most people would do at that point, have someone else be her and read her lines. So I, she doesn't have to be there, but she sat there with me, um, you know, completely unnecessary, but wonderful. And also made me feel really accepted and, and, and seen and and part of the thing and then i would run into her a few uh she lived in in brentwood and i would run into her a few times and she always remembered me and and was always the most gracious her and john lithgow is the other person i worked for who's just worked with who was just completely wonderful and gracious and 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 a blast to work with but she um she then they asked me to do another one yeah um, the amsterdam kill Amsterdam Kill, yeah, which uh, also, I just had a little part. I played like the belt of, you know, the guy who worked at the hotel desk or something, but really, really nice. Um, great experiences. And just nothing but the best things about her ever, you know. And now let's meet another one of our guests who you won't be hearing from for, well, until who knows when. Michael Crawick is a multi-time Star Trek performer whose episode will also air on this podcast at a later date, but... For now, here is a clip from where he talks about his experience on a murder show made for TV movie and his time spent hanging out with this one-of-a-kind legend. And, you know, while checking out your resume and while perusing IMDb, getting all this info about you, I discovered that you were part of one of the shows that we always talk about here on Trek Untold, and that is Murder, She Wrote. And you were in the very first Murder, She Wrote movie, which, by the way, uh, and you can let me know if you worked with this person or not, but it also featured another Star Trek alumni and another guest in this podcast, Mr. Richard Reilly. So uh, I would love to hear exactly what you did on the movie, because I couldn't find it to watch, but I'd love to hear what your role was, and if you got to spend any quality time with Angela Lansbury. I I did. Yes to that last question. Uh, uh, but to your first question, I played a bad guy who was... Uh, I was I was kind of throughout. I was... Um, trying to remember what I did. I was like... Uh, uh, I just one of the... I was like a bad cop or something. And, uh, there, I ended up, uh, we were on a train, you know, I ended up getting thrown off the train and I tried to hold her up. I was trying to, I had a gun to her head and, and stuff. And then somehow I got thrown off the train by somebody else and, you know, I died. Um, so I had a bunch of little scenes with, with her and then with a couple other people. Um, and it was fun cause I insisted on doing my own, my own stunt, you know, it was a moving train, and I, I thought, can I uh, throw myself off? Oh, well, we don't know about that. I mean, you know, uh, I said, well, let me try. So, you know, I, I I did it a few times. Then he had a stunt guy do it, too, because they were worried about me breaking my back or something, you know. So, <laughs> but I don't think, I'm not sure if I was killed. No, I wasn't killed on it. Because I remember I was thrown off the train. I remember one of the last shots of me was like, uh, like, Getting to my feet, yeah, all woozy. you know, and like woozy, the train is headed down the tracks, and you know, I'm I'm now irrelevant, right? So, <laughs> but to your second question, there was a lot of, as you know, in film and t- 
TV, and especially even a TV movie, there's a lot of downtime. So I parked myself right next to where she sat on our, you know, in the on the set. She couldn't have been nicer. She regaled us with stories. Uh, she asked me questions about me. You know, she talked about uh, her background and her theater background and, uh, you know, her television film career and stuff. And that, for me, that was one of the best parts was, was working with Angela. You know, she just was a true uh, warm-hearted star, you know, not pretentious in the least, but a real pro. Yeah. And finally, Melanie Smith is a person who you might know as the third and final Zial on Deep Space Nine. But she also appeared on Murder, She Wrote and really had a very heartwarming story about Angela that just told you so much about the kind of woman that Mrs. Lansbury was. Yeah, that's really fascinating that too that you mentioned how uh, you can basically tell the fan by kind of just when they first look up to you, you know, but their initial reactions. So I feel like this is like the perfect segue to lead into my next question. Cause I think this is going to come out of left field based on what you're probably looking at all around you right now on the screen. Uh, I love Murder, She Wrote. And you did two episodes of Murder, She Wrote. And I just got to rewatch those. And, uh, you know, man, I love hearing Angela Lansbury stories. So, uh, you know, first I've got to mention the episode, uh, was Ascent of Murder. And then you were again in Deadly Bidding. Uh, you got to do scenes with Angela in both those episodes. But what I kind of found interesting too, and you talk about this, I felt like those two characters you did were so similar. And, uh, maybe you can confirm or deny this. I think they reused your wardrobe when you reappeared in the second episode that you did, did they? Nope. Really? Because there's like a suit or like a suit dress that you're wearing. It looks so similar. It's not the same thing? Not the same thing. Wow, okay. And, and there's actually a story around that. It's funny you say that. First of all, Angela is the most elegant, generous, compassionate, uh, brilliant woman I've ever met. She's extraordinary. Um and I don't know what, I've told this story before, but it's like, it was one of my favorite moments in Hollywood. I don't know what possessed me to do it. I was headed to my dressing room, my trailer, and I saw Angela's trailer. And it was like, it was like a mega trailer. Like, it was like, it was like the Taj Mahal trailer. And I looked over at it and I went, went to the wardrobe and I said, give me my wardrobe. And I took my wardrobe and they're, you know, they're just watching me. They don't know me. I'm a guest star. And I fling it over my shoulder and I walk over to Angela's trailer and I see her coming. And I walk up the steps to her trailer, like I'm going to go into her dressing room. And I turn around and I go, I'm sorry, can I help you? And she says, no, I'm sorry, can I help you? And I said, no, no, I'm good. And she goes, um, that's my dressing room. And I said, oh, no, no, that's my dressing room. And she said, no, no, that's my dressing room. And she points to her name and I said, yes, they're taking that down. This is my dressing room. Who are you? <laughs> and she stops and she looks at me and I go, gotcha, you know, something like that. And she starts to laugh. Um, and when we met formally on set, she sat with me. She's like, you remind me of a young me. And we just chatted and chatted and we had a wonderful time. We really connected. She took such good care of me. Flash forward, uh, my sister was killed in a car crash and my Angela called me and she said, I heard about your sister. Come back. I want you to do another show. Wow. And I want to keep you busy. Now, most people don't know this, but Angela likes to cast, at least from what I remember when I was on it, she casts the show from people she sees. She doesn't really audition. It's sort of, she holds it more like a theater company in a way. 
And, and I went back and she was so wonderful and so protective and so nurturing. And here's the wardrobe part of it. They had made me this black velvet dress. I think it was actually a royal blue. It looks black on camera. I think it was a royal blue. It was this gorgeous portrait neckline. And uh, the underarms were too tight on me. <laughs> and so I'm walking around. And every time we'd have a break, I'd lift my arms like this. And Angela would say, what are you doing with your arms? And I said, well, the armpits are a little tight. And they're really uncomfortable. So until we're back to filming, I'm just going to hold my arms up. And she said, we're all taking a break. And she had me take the dress off. She sent it back to wardrobe. Now, it's expensive to take a break like that. And she took a break and she had them rework the dress so that I was comfortable in it. And it was not a long scene. So, yeah, see, that was not the same. That was made for that episode. Yeah. That's amazing. And it's anytime I talk to people about Angela Lansbury, it's like each time I hear a new story about her, it's always better than the last. It's amazing just what a great person she was, really. And is. And continues to be. Well, she's a legend. And yeah. I think people who become legends are the real deal. I think people that struggle with kindness struggle with their internal generosity, right? And I think when someone has such abundance of talent and so authentic that it's not hard for them to be loving and generous and to be an inspiration and to be a great role model. And she was a great role. I mean, I only worked with her a few weeks of my life, but she became very dear to me. She became very dear to all of us. And I have to tell you, this was a very tough episode for me to make, one that I hoped I would never have to, but the reason I had to get this one out there and had to get this one out there so fast was to make sure that these people's stories were out there and ready for someone else who needs to hear them and who needs to take comfort in knowing just how much good Angela Lansbury put out in the world. And of course, there are a ton of interviews you can look up with her on YouTube and all sorts of other places, and you could hear directly from her, but I think it's so important just to see all the people that she touched and the legacy that she left behind in doing so and leaving so many of these great gifts with these people that were then shared with us. Will I stop asking about Angela on future episodes of this podcast? Absolutely not. The purpose of this show has always been to share the oral histories of my guests, and Angela has touched their lives in so many profound ways that I could never stop passing on these sage-like words to all the folks out there who need to hear them. As for me, I'll be visiting Cabot Cove whenever I see it on TV or on the Peacock app, and while I'm sad that I will never have my own moment with her, at least I had the opportunity to spread the words that she gave to so many other wonderful people that I've had on this show. And thanks to all those guests, I feel like I got to have a little bit of quality time with her too, and I hope after listening to this episode that you feel the same way. While Angela Lansbury may not be with us any longer, her words are out there, her work is out there, and all you need to do now is just walk down that path and take it all in. She may be gone, but she will certainly never be forgotten. You once called yourself a rare bird. You said I was and I am. Remember? Yes. I am rare by dint of the talent that was given to me. That's all. And I think those of us who are who are the receivers of talent, and we must use it. We must not waste it, we mustn't fritter it away. And we mustn't mishandle it, if we can possibly avoid it. As I don't take credit for what I do, I think of it as a God-given talent. This has been Trek Untold. I'm Matthew Kaplowitz, and thank you for everything, Angela Lansbury. Hailing frequencies closed.